0: insta bible cast welcome september 11th 2020 if you haven't yet uh please subscribe on all our channels youtube periscope and itunes and uh, please rate us on itunes uh give us a good uh, five stars and a review will help us out in the rankings and of course visit us on insta bible app uh, website um and uh also insta bible app one on twitter uh give us a follow and you can download the Bible app on the iOS app store. Uh, go search for it and you can download it. Uh, look at the verses, make a picture and share to the world. The verse of the day is Psalms 121, 1 to 2. A song of ascents. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Um, today we have a special guest. Um, Anna Kate. Um, I saw her on, on Twitter. She held, um, holds a weekly Bible study on Periscope, and she's very influential on the web. And, um, and we got Anna Kate to the Insta Bible Cast. Welcome.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor and a blessing to be with all of you right now.
0: Yes. Uh, of course, you're in Brooklyn. I know a lot going on today in New York City, uh, September 11th. Ah, uh, tell us um, a little bit about yourself, and uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, Amen. What a horrible day! It's it's always it's always the toughest day to you know to remember, and it's it's unbearable to go on social media and see all those images again because it brings back that flood of memories. You know, it's so clear to us that. And even to non-believers, the, the 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 extent of wickedness in the world and that, you know, the need of God, the need to hear God's word, you know, the need to preach the gospel. It's so uh, important nowadays, um, especially on a day like today. Um, amen. Well, uh, my, I'm Anna and I was born in the Soviet Union. I moved to America when I was a little little, little child, I was four years old, came here for better opportunities. Um, Basically, I was going to go to medical school, decided to put that on hold, um, and I became a professional poker player. I got on the show Survivor, um, and after I filmed Survivor, I got back home, and again, at that time, I was an atheist. And, um, and actually my entire testimony, I'm going to be posting it on my YouTube channel soon. I just recorded it and just waiting for the Lord to release, when to release it. He told me, wait till I let, let, you know, let it go. And I, I'm waiting. So um it should be up soon, hopefully. And um basically after I filmed Survivor, I got back home to New York where I live. And um actually at that time I was living in New Jersey, playing poker for a living. And basically I um lost my passion for Survivor, lost my passion for poker. I know now the Lord cleansed that addiction out of me. Didn't realize I was addicted, but uh, I got really passionate into politics, which was weird because I've always been very apolitical. And then I found the Lord during that transition. And, you know, it was, uh, I had basically he broke me down till I got on my knees and got rid of arrogance, pride, um, you know, atheistic views that became an agnostic. And I was like, Lord, I'm starting to believe you're real. They're, they're real Satanists out in the world. And if people, are following Satan and if Satan is real that means that God is real and I want to follow you um, and so I uh, you know and the Lord brought someone uh, my way and told me about God and I had ears to hear and he let me hear I was anticipating him to speak and he did through a messenger he sent and basically reminded me something happened to me when I was 18 in Jerusalem where the Lord opened up the heavens to me as I was a blaspheming God at the western wall when i was 18 years old with my friends blaspheming god making fun of people praying i said look at these idiots praying to a god that doesn't exist and the lord in his grace and in his mercy opened up the heavens poured out his spirit i mean that's the whole testimony is going to be in my video on youtube but um changed my life forever i've been born again and You know, it took me time um, when I was, after I was saved, the Lord started speaking to me and I started reading his word. Um, I didn't have any Christian friends, so it took me time to, you know, realize that certain things were sin, you know, and, uh, but God is good and he's, he's showed me everything and he's given me dreams and visions and um, certain words and prophetic words that have come true. And I'm not a prophet, but um, the Lord has uh, spoken so mightily and done so many things in my life that it's just absolutely amazing. He's amazing. And he's so patient with us. So I know that's a long introduction, so I apologize. but No, uh,
0: no, uh, that's fine. Amen. Um, we're going to prayer and then we'll uh, dive into uh, your devotion, the word of God. Uh, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for today. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're moving through people today and uh, you're touching people in this broadcast in Jesus' name, Lord, and uh, and we pray uh, that uh, uh, you will guide Anna through the word and what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, Jesus. amen. Amen. All you, All me? All you. <laughs> Take the steering uh, wheel. Okay. I, I
1: actually didn't uh, – so am I supposed to do a devotional?
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, that was the goal. Wow. But if not, I mean –
1: no um i totally could let me uh let me grab my bible okay it's, yeah okay give me one second yeah go ahead
0: as we wait uh, we are uh we are are obviously uh going through the devotional cast um the insta bible app started back in 2013 and uh, it's been growing ever since it's been growing ever since of course adding new updates you know uh getting adjusted to the new OS system with Apple gets a little bit technological but uh hopefully add new additions there's a new update coming soon I promise you guys and hopefully uh in two weeks but Apple's uh, approval office uh approval process has been of a uh, uh kind of slow sluggish because there have been uh, a little bit more guidelines more regulations. so anyways Anna's back
1: yeah I <laughs> I uh that's so funny Um, okay. So it's actually fantastic that we're doing this right now because there is something I wanted to say, and it's been on my heart that, um, the Lord put on my heart months ago and actually in my Periscope and my Bible study, um, this past Monday, which we, I just started this Bible study and, you know, praise the Lord, glory to him, of just, you know, reading the word together and just diving in and studying and getting into the Greek, getting into the Hebrew, going in deeper verse by verse. And I forgot to mention, I forgot to mention at the end of the study on the book of Esther this past Monday, I forgot to kind of sum it up in terms of the symbolism of the characters we see in that book so this is fantastic so we are going to have a devotional today on esther the book of esther so turn to it i'm reading from uh kjv but this story is so beautiful in that first of all it's the first book one of two books that is named after a woman esther and ruth and it's also one of two books where we um uh the name of god yahweh is never mentioned The other book that never mentions God is Songs of Solomon. Never mentioned God, but you see him working behind the scenes to protect and save his people because of him remembering the covenant that he has with the Jewish people to save them from their enemy. And their enemy in this case, in this story, is Haman. Haman, who was an Amalekite, he was a child of, Ag- he's an Agagite or Amalekite, either way. King Agag was the king of the Amalekites, which in uh, Exodus, Exodus I think it's 1714, Exodus 1714, where God promised to annihilate the Amalekites, that a day was coming where he will annihilate the Amalekites because they were enemies of the Jews. And so Haman, and by the way, this is interesting too, Satan is well aware of the word of God, right? He knows the word. That's why he always twists it. He always tries to sow seeds of doubt within us. Satan also knows his time is short, right? Revelation 12, tells he knows his time is short. So knowing Satan, knowing the word of God, knowing his time is short, knowing the Messiah is supposed to come, and then he's supposed to come a second time, right back in the, right in, during the ancient times. That is why Satan has always, There's two ways that Satan can try to avoid judgment. One is annihilate the Jews, therefore the Messiah never comes, therefore his judgment never comes, or two, assimilate the Jews. Having them assimilate into the world and lose their, um, you know, the seed of the Messiah that is to come, and also lose their their culture, their tradition, their, their Jewish identity, they'll lose the covenant that they have with the Lord. That's why the Lord said in Exodus to be separated. The Jews are to be separated and to not intermarry with the Gentiles and lose their identity, lose the covenant, right? Become an adulterous generation. The Lord was like, no, don't have any, don't be an idolater, follow God. So Satan has always tried to annihilate the Jews, Um, you know, obviously Hitler, but going back before the Messiah, Pharaoh, right, wanted to kill all the Jews at the end, Um, Herod, wanted to kill Jesus. Haman also wanted to annihilate the Jews. So, but God is sovereign, God is good, and God keeps his promises, he's faithful. So he kept his promise to Esther and Mordecai and the Jewish people that were living under uh, Meso-Persia. So Persia just, in the book of Esther, Persia just defeated, uh, actually it's not, not just, but it was probably about like 30 or 40 years in, um, after the Babylonian exile of the 10 tribes of Israel, they were exiled into Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar, right? Daniel went to Babylon and so did, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the other Jewish people went into exile. Well, Persia became a mighty empire and defeated Babylon, Babylon, and, um, essentially Jews were, were free. They were free to go back to Israel, um, but a lot of them didn't go. Uh, You can think about it this way, well, maybe they had a lot, they were probably telling themselves, there's so much stuff to carry, you know, going back to Israel, Jerusalem, everything is in ruins, we have to rebuild everything, it's a lot of work, and Ezra Nehemiah went back with about, I think it was like 2,500 Jews, not a lot, not a lot at all, there's like, you know, hundreds of thousands of Jews and they don't want to go back, but they were supposed to go back because that was their promised land, that was their land, they're free to go back. Um, you know, eventually, with King Cyrus, also helped uh, rebuild and told the Jews, Go back, rebuild, go. So, during the time of Esther, the Jews were free to go, but they didn't. They decided to live there um, and stay there, which it's always better to follow the will of God because they would have avoided this whole situation but still god got the glory at the end because the book of esther is um again about esther mordecai uh they're the main you know characters in the story but um they are you know jewish descent that mordecai was also taken under the babylonian exile and again haman the wicked Jew, the uh, the wicked uh, Agagite who wanted to annihilate the Jews because of his hatred and jealousy of Mordecai. So with that backstory, which I know we all know, you are probably like, why are we going through this? We know. Well, here's the beautiful part about the story. It's the symbolism in it, right? The entire Old Testament points to Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, Hamashiach. And look at this beautiful representation of God. Because if you look at it this way, you'll, you'll, never see, you'll never see the story the same way again. And it's a beautiful story um, of God's faithfulness and his promise and his covenant to rescue his Jewish people. And basically the gallow that Haman had for Mordecai, the Jews, he was hung on his own gallows and he was defeated by God in a very supernatural, amazing way. You know, the king having a dream and, and going to the two, feet, two days of banquets with Esther. But um, here's what's awesome let's go through representation. God the Father is not really, his name is not mentioned in this book. He's working behind the scenes, but he sent a judge, a king, a mighty king sitting on the throne with a golden scepter. King Xerxes or King a King Ahasuerus is a Jewish name and King Xerxes is the uh, uh, Persian name. So either way, um, but we we'll say the Jewish way. King Ahasuerus is sitting on the throne, mighty king of a mighty empire. meso was a huge empire. There was 127 provinces. Um, there were, you know, his, his empire was growing. There were still so many little wars going on because he kept defeating so many different lands, which was why King Xerxes was always in the court. He was always in that mighty court speaking to his generals speaking to you know princes that were uh, representing all these different provinces and that's why esther was telling mordecai i can't go into the court because he hasn't called me in 30 days and i'm not supposed to i'm not esther was not allowed to go into the court unless she was summoned by the king so let's back this up again jesus so god the father is not seen although we know he's working and we know he's there he's a spirit King, the king, King Ahasuerus sitting on the throne with a golden scepter, that represents Jesus sitting on his mighty throne over a massive empire with his golden scepter, which we'll talk about in a second, and judging the world, you know, judging people coming in, Um, his golden scepter, what is that? Well, it was against the law actually let's talk about the law really quickly any law that the king makes is law the law is even higher than his own name as it says in the bible as well you know the law is once the king makes the law he cannot go back on it it is it's a decree It is, um, it's, it becomes an edict and it, he can't even go back on his own law. Same thing with God, the father and, and, you know, in Jesus, Jesus is the word of God made flesh. He can't go back on his laws, you know, the commandments. Um, he can't go back on, you know, saying, well, this is sin and it's evil. He can't go back and say, actually, you know, this sin is okay. No, he's holy He's 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 beautiful. He's holy. He's just. He's righteousness. He can't go back on his laws. Same thing with the king Ahasuerus. He can't go back on his law when he you know has to put a decree in to annihilate the Jews. So he's he's a just judge who s- sticks to his laws, but he also has mercy and grace with a golden scepter. When Esther walked in unannounced, uncalled for, she wasn't summoned. That was against the law, but she received mercy and grace when the king extended his golden scepter. When Jesus extends his golden scepter, if she touches it, she's forgiven. So if the king, so again, it's against the law to walk in unannounced into the court of the king. And it's instant death because if the king doesn't summon you, you're put to death, but If he feels in his heart to have mercy and grace on you, the King Heseris extended his golden scepter. Esther would touch it and she was, and the guards knew not to put a bag over her head and not kill her and sentence her to death. So here's what's beautiful. Esther wasn't called in, you know, while she, she wasn't allowed in, she wasn't summoned in, she wasn't worthy to come in, but she walked in boldly. You know meekly you know she walked in boldly but she was meek because she was praying and fasting she didn't eat or drink and for three days but she walked in boldly and she said if i perish i perish she walked in boldly to the king of grace king of glory the king standing there in all his righteous judgment walked to the king king jesus and jesus king Hasaris, the representation of king Hasaris extended his golden scepter. She didn't deserve it? She wasn't called in? She's not worthy to be there? She, you know, we're all not worthy to walk into the throne to the throne of grace. We're not. We're all wearing dirty rags. It's only by God's grace, by what Jesus did on the cross for us that it says that we can walk in boldly to the throne of grace because of what Jesus did. But we have to actually touch Jesus. We actually have to know him, have a relationship with him. You know, that woman with the 12, um, the 12 year blood disorder, blood disease. Remember she, she leaned over to touch the garments that Jesus was wearing. She knew she would be healed. The power, you know, that his anointing that he carried would save her and heal her. So again, touching Jesus, touching the throne of grace, and it's only by his mercy that he extends the golden scepter, right? Jesus is the golden scepter, right, that came to this world. He is just, ah, he is the king of glory that extends his blood to anyone that wants to accept it. And so again, Esther was forgiven. Esther was forgiven for breaking the laws that would condemn her to death right all of our sins our wages of sin is death so we're all worthy of death not glory not not grace not not, not any we don't just des- we all deserve death we all deserve the second death we all deserve hell but because of the king's glory and the king's mercy well i should say because of the king's mercy and grace on us mm-hmm. does he extend that golden scepter which is himself and his blood his flesh. And so praise God for that. And again, the father, God, the father is, you know, God, the father, it says in the word has given in Isaiah, uh, what is it? Isaiah. It's actually, no, it's in Daniel. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it's on say as well, but God, the father has, is going to give the Messiah. The pro, the prophecy was God. The father was going. actually it's in Daniel as well. I think Daniel 27, um, where the anointed one is going to be given all power, all authority, all dominions on the earth, all the dominion on the earth. So Father God gave Jesus, and Jesus even said it when, you know, in Matthew and in Mark, he said, I've been given all power and all authority on the earth. See, the Messiah, Jesus is going to be judging the the earth, right? Father God gave Jesus full dominion, full authority to judge the earth. He came to this world as a servant as a suffering servant the first time on a meek uh, meekly on a donkey donkey represents peace and he's going to return on a mighty horse mighty beautiful white horse horse represents um kingship kingship it means you know it means strength um he's coming back as a mighty king he's not coming back on a donkey he came like that the first time to save the world the second time he comes is to judge the world as a mighty king so it's beautiful in the story that King Ahasuerus represents Jesus, King of glory, sitting there, um, again, having mercy on us and grace on us and being able, again, in the, in the New Testament, walking into the, to the throne of grace boldly, knowing that he's gracious and he's merciful and he's faithful. And Esther asked for help, you know, seek and you shall find knock and the door will be opened. she knocked on his door you know she knocked on his heart when she was standing in front of him and then she got you know and the second time she fell on her knees crying she walked again second time unannounced um again broke the law and again he had mercy on her the second time and she begged for him pleaded for him to save the save the jewish people from annihilation from haman And sure enough, the king answered, the king responded and the king was good. Um, He couldn't change the law, so he made an extra decree, an extra edict that said that the Jews are able to defend themselves and they were able to defend themselves. And then there, you know, which made the, which uh, was a big, it's a big celebration, Purim, Feast of Purim, the 13th and 14th day of March. The reason why it's two days is because the first day the Jews um, fought back on the 13th, they were able to fight back. And on the 14th day, um, the king, Esther requested if they can also kill any leftover enemies of the Jews, right? Haman had 10 sons. Haman was hung on his own gallows, or hanged on his own gallows. His 10 sons were probably freaking out, so they all probably stayed home because they weren't killed on the 13th day. But Esther requested from the king, hey, can we kill the rest of the enemies, right? let's let's kill Haman's 10 sons that are sitting at home because they are the ancestral uh, lineage of the Amalekites of Agag the king. And they are the ancient, it's this ancient feud between the Jewish people and the Amalekites. So the king said, yes. So the 14th day, the Jews went and killed any other leftover enemies. That's why they hanged 10 sons of Haman. They cut off that generation, all their families and their children as well were killed. They were, they, 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 you know, they were smited. So such a beautiful story of, again, you know, Queen Esther represents us, represents the bride and the bride. So here's what's also beautiful, interesting to understand and put into perspective. Queen Vashti, there was two brides in the story, right? Two queens in the story, Queen Vashti and Queen Esther. Queen Vashti represented legalism, the law. She also represented disobedience, right? So Queen Vashti, when the king, in the beginning of the story, in the the first chapter of Esther, when the king, in his drunk stupor, with, you know, in his 180-day feast, great, mighty feast, you know, showing off his glory, you know, that doesn't represent Jesus, but, you know, obviously he's a world, he's a Gentile king, you know, a pagan king, so he was, you know, in all his glory, showing off, 180-day feast with all the princes and the provinces and all the common people were coming in to feast and enjoy and celebrate um, in Shushan, the palace, also known as Susa. And um, the end of that, at the end of that feast, that last seven days, he was so drunk. Uh, he in not in, being not in his right mind, he summoned the queen to come and show off her beauty. Now back in the day queens rarely came out it was very rare queen was always private always you know tucked away hidden away she would be with you know her women in her palace you know it was they had like separate homes you know they, they lived together but she had separate uh place for her and the women and the queen never came out it was very rare so for the king if he wasn't drunk, he probably would have never done this, but he was so drunk that he told his seven chamberlain to go get her. And Queen Vashti felt, I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm not going to be, you know, for a queen to come out to common people and show herself off, it was very disrespectful. It would dishonor her. It would dishonor her. So Queen Vashti, knowing the law, right, legalism, knowing the law in terms of not, it's not, I mean, it's, it's not even that it's a law. It's, it's, like an un, it's like an unspoken law. The queen doesn't come out, period. So being caring too much of what she would look like and embarrass herself, she decided not to come out. She disobeyed the king. The king, obviously, in his wrath and his fury, got rid of her and had a beauty contest, and Esther was picked, and she became the new queen. Queen Esther, on the other hand, was the she represents the bride of love, the bride of relationship, you know? whatever the king asked her she would do humbly meek not answering back not being disobedient but being obedient for example you know when we become born again christians (laughs) um compare it to you know queen vashti and queen esther queen vashti if jesus would say hey can you go pray for that person put your hands on that person pray for them she would be like no i don't want to embarrass myself i'm gonna look crazy i don't want to i'm not gonna do it she's a, a disobedient rebellious bride whereas queen esther doesn't care if she looks ridiculous doesn't care uh, if you know being again following the lord having a relationship with god that you love him so much you don't care if you look ridiculous you don't care if you look ridiculous praying for someone's knee you don't care if you uh, look ridiculous preaching the gospel in the middle of the street you don't care you don't care because the world thinks you're crazy you look you look like you're crazy to the world but you're doing it because you love him and you also love people and you love their souls and you want them to be saved. So it's this, you know, dichotomy of two brides again, which is interesting too. Here's another connection. Queen Vashti represents the Jewish people. Queen Vashti was exiled because of her disobedience, because of her legalism. They were essentially pushed aside. She was pushed aside. The king went to Esther, King went to he, The king, the father God and, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they were searching for a bride for Jesus that is not legalistic, that is a bride of love, obedience, right? When, when the Jewish people betrayed Jesus and killed him, I mean, it, it was supposed to happen because that was a prophecy, and thank God he fulfilled it, thank God they did that, even though it's hard to say that, but thank God they did, because we wouldn't have been saved if they didn't do it. And... Um, praise God for his just obedience to the cross mm. he could have been on the cross and said you know what everyone's cursing and spitting at him I mean it's like it says in Psalm 22 that the, you know the the dogs that they're like demons just around him and I'm sure it was obviously demonic um, the situation spitting on him laughing at him and he could have just been like you know what father God like take me down I'm done I don't want to do this like they don't even they don't deserve it instead in his mercy he said Lord, you know, they know not what they do. Forgive them, forgive them for they know not what they do. But, um, you know, the Jewish people follow the law. Jesus to them, where it was blaspheming, you know, John 8 58, which I just did a Bible study on this past Wednesday, John 8 58, where before Abraham was, I am, he called Jesus called himself God. And for the Jew, you know the pharisees it was like what that's blasphemy and of course if they don't understand who jesus was to them it is blasphemy right a man calling himself god but they didn't understand that the son of man the messiah is in fact the son of god is in fact god reincarnate um god incarnate not reincarnate god incarnate so it's this beautiful you know it's this like again so so the jewish people went essentially in, in, you know, Babylonian exile, right? Into exile. Um, they were under, you know, Persia, Persian, you know, exile sort of. And, um, and again, Queen Vashti was pushed aside and he went for his bride that he, bride of love. And so when you're really born again, you're born in the spirit, you're a bride of love, a bride of obedience, right? Not a disobedient bride, not not a bride of legalism and laws, and this is what it says, and not having a heart, you know, not having love for, for God. So, such a beautiful story in that. and I can't believe I forgot to mention it in my Bible study, so I'm really happy we're doing this devotional a now. continuation.
0: If you retweet it, that'd be great. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, I will. And um, I'm so silly to think this wasn't a devotional. I, I, I haven't watched your show, so I was like, oh, it's a devotional. I thought it was like an interview. kind of <laughs>
0: miscommunicated a little bit, but yeah, uh, but it's okay.
1: No, it's, it's okay. great because I, it's so good because the Lord reminded me last night. I was, I was reading, and the Lord was like, and he had me put the book down and reminded me of Esther, and I said, oh, my God, Lord, I forgot to say that. I'm so sorry, and I was going to make a video and put it up, and so here we are today, so I was like, of course, of course, this is what we're going to
0: talk about. God will make God it reminds,
1: happen. God reminded me last night. Amen. God, I'm like, okay, so praise God. And it's just such a beautiful, again, representation of Esther being the bride, right? We're being prepared. And here's what's also awesome about this book. So God, the father, we don't see, right? We don't just, we don't talk about God as the father, God is the spirit. Jesus is represent, represented by King Ahasuerus and you have the Holy Spirit represented by Haggai, Haggai, the king's, one of the king's most beloved um, eunuchs, chamberlains, right? And most, most trusted nobleman who was in charge of the women, was in charge of the women's house. And Haggai had favor over Esther. During the beauty contest, right before she was chosen queen, after Vashti was exiled, the king was looking for a bride, and found, you know, eventually found favor with Esther. But before the king met Esther, she was being prepared for a year under the um, uh, under Haggai six months of oils, six months of fragrances, you know, every day being uh, oiled and lathered and prepared. Her body was being prepared, right, for the king, but also the bride was prepared with how to, because again, these are all young virgins. These were all young virgins taken from 127 provinces. A lot of these young virgins were working on farms, you know, working in the market. Um, they didn't know how to hold themselves as a queen. They don't know the, the laws as well as Queen Vashti did. Uh, so these brides had to be prepared. So Haggai is a representation of the Holy Spirit preparing the bride, preparing the church, right? Cause the bride is the church. Queen Esther, the bride is the church. So Haggai, the Holy Spirit has to prepare the bride for that, um, for that wedding feast with Jesus up in the air, you know, in the rapture when it when it happens, when we get presented to Jesus, we are going to be a perfect bride for Him, holy and beautiful without blemish. And this preparation, the Holy Spirit does when we get saved. After we get born again and saved, we we you know we're saved under the blood, but there is sanctification. There is preparation. There's spiritual growth in the Lord. Um, you know, he takes away, he takes away, oh, something popped up on my computer. I'm still here. Okay. Uh, the Holy Spirit will take away certain things out of your life and add new fruitful things out of your life, right? The Holy Spirit will take out fruitless things in your life and give you fruitful things in your life. Um, from Esther, he, he took away, you know, he, the Holy, the Haggai, was taking away her modern day mentality. And he was giving her, um, you know, how to hold yourself as a queen. He taught her etiquette, how to hold herself in front of the king, how to hold herself in front of the common people. What are the laws? What can you do? What can't you do? How can you approach the king? How you can not approach the king? Um, so she, th- th- these virgins had to learn so much. It's a, it was an intense preparation. It wasn't, it wasn't easy. And I'm sure probably through it, she was like, why am I here? Like, this is like, ugh. This, is, this is quite a preparation. You know, oils and lathering and fragrances sound beautiful, but there, it was an intense preparation for them. They had to learn a lot in one year. And, um, and so it's the same thing with us the bride of the church, we have to be sanctified, prepared by the Holy Spirit to be beautiful and blameless when we meet Jesus up in the air, um, to be a worthy queen, to be a worthy bride of the most worthy king. And so you have all three heads of the Trinity represented in the Bible, in, in this book. And it's a beautiful story. And, um, and you know, and then When Esther, before she was a queen, when she met the king, King Ahasuerus, when she was called to him, he instantly found favor with her because she was perfected without blemish in front of him. And he did something that kings, he's actually not even supposed to do, wasn't even allowed to do. He instantly took the crown and he crowned her queen. Normally, He would have to wait. He would usually go back and talk to his Chamberlain, not to ask them for permission, but it would be customary where it would take a week or two to make a decision to get all the formal arrangements together and then crown her. But he crowned her instantly in that moment. She was perfect for him. He fell so much in love with her. He had such favor for her. Instantly, he didn't want to see anyone. He was like, nope, she's it. This is my bride. Haggai prepared her to the point where he recognized his queen, his bride instantly. He didn't have to wait. He said, no, this is her. This is my queen. This is my bride. <laughs> this is she's worthy of being the queen of this entire empire and he gave her up to half the empire. you know And, uh, and which was interesting because in the in the Persian Empire, uh, you, usually, you know, the king has all power and all glory and all control, and the queen doesn't really, eh, you know, she was kind of on the sideline. He wouldn't ask her for her opinion, usually. But in Esther's situation, Esther was so exalted. This is in um, historical literature as well. Um, I think his, name was, uh, his name was Herodotus. He was a Greek contemporary historian at the time, and he sp- wrote about Esther, and she was elevated to the point where she was almost equal to the king you know obviously the king was first and foremost but she was elevated to she was exalted to the point where king respected her opinion so much that she was greatly loved favored by the king and by the people and he cared what she had to say he was ruling with her not over her he was ruling with her same thing when it's you know in revelation and in the prophecies of the bride of the church is that we will be ruling, we will be co-heirs, and we will also be ruling over the entire earth with the king of glory. And so it's, uh, and, and it's so interesting because there's a lot of even stone tablets left over of you know archeological evidence for Queen Esther. And obviously modern at Persia is is modern day Iran. And Iran doesn't like that history. They've basically essentially tried to wipe her name out because not only uh, was Esther, this Queen Esther, basically a ruler with King Ahasuerus or King Xerxes for them, but she was also a Jew. <laughs> she was a Jewish queen that was beloved, was exalted, was treated like a king you know um but uh but you know she was a jew so they wiped her out but there's still historical evidence of her so they can't delete what happened in history and again it it it, uh it backs up what it says in the bible so again you have god father god jesus esther the, the, the the church and haggai you know the holy spirit and it's just a beautiful representation so in that Uh, I will just end with how gracious and how merciful Jesus is.
0: Amen. Thank you, Anna. Um, Let's get into prayer, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Um, We are the bride, Lord. And um, like what Anna uh, mentioned about uh, being spotless with no blemish, in Jesus' name, teach us, Lord, to be Mm -hmm. spotless, Lord, that we'll be ready for that day when you come, Lord. Uh, It's a reminder, Lord, what you taught us, Lord, in the Bible, that it's going to happen presently in Jesus' name.
1: In Jesus' mighty name, prepare us, Lord God. Prepare our our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our ears for what's to come, Lord God. May you just keep building our faith, Lord. Give us the gift of just unquenchable faith, Lord God, just absolutely ready and prepared for the day of your coming, Lord, to be like the five wise virgins, not the five foolish ones in Matthew 25, Father God. May the Holy Spirit continue to prepare us to continue to glorify Jesus, build up our faith, Lord God, build up our roots, build up our roots even deeper into you, into your word, into Jesus, Lord God. And pray, Father God, that we are prepared. We are prepared that we are made beautiful, spotless, blameless when we meet Jesus. Father, prepare us for the evil that's to come, the persecution that's to come, Father God, because Father, you took me to Texas in 2017, Lord God, and you spoke to me very clearly, Lord God, and it broke my heart because I felt the Lord his his I felt the Lord's pain. Lord Jesus kept saying, "My people are not prepared." my people are not prepared he said it three times my people are not prepared for what is coming we're not and i felt in the spirit like we weren't prepared to be martyrs we weren't prepared for the persecution and we're, we're we're not prepared lord god for for even being in front of you lord we need to be blameless clean sanctified holy as our father in heaven is holy and we lord we ask that you prepare us mentally lord as well in our hearts for what's coming which is pure evil, Lord. We already see it around us. We already have shows with pedophilia shows on Netflix, Lord God. It's coming, it's it's here, and it's going to only expand. But Lord, I pray for your mercy, Lord God, for your mercy that there be a great mighty harvest before you return, Lord God. Let there be a mighty harvest before you return, Lord God. Prepare our minds, our hearts, our souls, Lord God, for what is coming, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: And man, thank you so much! Wow, wow, really, really blessed with the word. Uh, something that um, I haven't heard the Esther story in, in quite some time, but it's definitely a quite a reminder of um, of the days coming. I'm not sure if these are the end days. It's it's definitely closer than it was yesterday. <laughs>
1: Well, we well we, we 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 are in the end days ever since Jesus, two thousand years Correct. ago. Correct. Yeah. In the end days. So we are in the end days. Um. Uh. You know. Yeah. I'm not, It's like Everyone has different different opinions. But I'll say this. Esther 4:14. Such a time as this. You know, with that's, Esther.
0: It, that's the just, that's the title of this podcast, probably.
1: Such a time as this, thats that it, That absolutely should be the name of the title, um, because such a time as this, because I'll say one more thing, is that, you know, there, it says in the Bible, there's a time for peace, there's a time for war, you know, there's a time to stand up, there's a time to zip it and sit down, there's a time to be bold, like Esther walked in boldly, and there's a time to not say anything, um, Esther, such a time as this, stand boldly, she stood boldly for her people, and God heard her, so we were to stand boldly. Uh, second, uh, Second Corinthians 7:14, that we pray, and you know, with supplication and prayer and fasting, and God will heal, hear from heaven, and He will hear us, and He will heal our land. That's what we need in this country. We need to heal our land for a great harvest to come. Um, because I do agree with you. I, I don't think uh, this is the end yet. I don't think we're you know we're not in tribulation yet, but we are awfully close. We're awfully, awfully close. Uh, the signs are are everywhere. We're very, very close to finding out who the Antichrist is and all that tribulation, all of that persecution. It's all coming. Um, and those who endure till the end shall be saved. So endure, prepare yourself, because with all the food that we have now, that this, there's going to come a time where we, we won't be able to buy ourselves because we won't have the mark of the beast. People are not prepared for that. You know the nominal christians that just go to church here and there and call themselves a christian and go there you know go to church think they're saved and and don't know the word don't know the lord giving up food and giving up um luxuries an apartment heat electricity uh not many it's those two those who endure till the end will be saved so it's going to be a hard time but
0: Prepare yourself now. <laughs> Prepare yourself now, and the Lord gave you strength and boldness. And if you guys any have any prayer uh, prayer requests or any prayer supports, or if you want to talk about um, how much God has touched you through this podcast and the message that Anna gave, you know, please uh, shoot us a message uh, um, via Twitter at Insta Bible App One or on Facebook. Uh, you shoot us a message, and uh, you can visit our website. Um, and yeah, Anna, what is the best way for people to reach you online?
1: Best way to reach me would be through Twitter. Um, DM me. I I answer all my DMs. Um, And uh, I mean, I'll sometimes, it's funny, sometimes I get messages from atheists and agnostics reaching, looking for and searching for God. I've gotten on the phone with many of them and talked about the Lord and, you know. Um, So I am very, I I answer when you guys, you know, you can email me as well, but definitely DM me, um, YouTube, check out my, YouTube channel, the Lord had me start uh, Bible studies. We do Mondays and Wednesdays, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Sometimes we go an hour. Sometimes we go three hours to talk about the book of Esther.
0: Whatever the Lord guides, you know, it's important.
1: We don't don't, uh, box the Holy Spirit. We say, go, have your way. We are listening. We're humble students wanting to learn, hungry for your word, hungry for what you have to say during this time, Um, hungry to dig deeper, and get rooted into the word because there will come a time where they'll be throwing Bibles as they're doing now into the fire. And you never know if they'll come to your house, throw your Bibles. You got to have the Bible, all, everything written in your heart.
0: And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Quite That's a, coming. quite a time where we're living and I could tell you who um, have a Twitter ministry, you know, and uh, what it feels like a lot of people um, have been open up to God during this pandemic, obviously being shut down. I've been seeing, Hearing stats that, like, the online services have been going up for a lot of churches out there. And, of course, a lot of new, I guess, ministries are starting online. Uh, Now people um, have access, you know, because they're at home. But, you know, things are getting better, thank God. Uh, But hopefully, you know, when things open up, people will go to church and fellowship, which is good uh, with other Christians. Um, Tell us what church you go to up in New York City.
1: I go to Times Square Church.
0: Good church. Uh, Wilkerson. David Wilkerson. Classic.
1: Yeah. Yes. Pastor Carter, now Tim Delina. Um, So it is such a spiritful church. Actually, for a year, when I just got saved, I was looking for a church in New York. I went to a bunch of them, one of them being Hillsong, and walked right out, (laughs) and um, I kept trying to feel the Holy Spirit, and I I was being, you know, I was studying on my own online under. Pastor Wilkerson, Pastor Carter. Actually, I didn't know who Pastor Carter was. I don't know that he was the pastor of Times Square Church at the time. So, um, I was looking for a church, and the Lord kept bringing up Pastor Carter on my YouTube. And he t- and the Lord is like, look, search where he where where he's a pastor. And I was like, oh, he's probably a pastor in Georgia. There's like no point. Like, there's no good pastors in New York. I've been to so many of them. And um, the Lord's like, look where he is. And so I looked him up, and I was shocked. He's in Times Square. So. I walked in that church, and the first second I walked into that, like, when the doors open, I walked into the actual congregation, that auditorium. I felt the presence of the Lord. It was so strong. I was like, whoa, finally a spirit-filled church. So, amen. It's a great, great spirit-filled church. But there, there there, are actually a few few really spirit-filled churches in New York that I found out later.
0: Yeah, and heart of New York is tough. It's a tough town, they say, but I know uh, that anyone, you know, um, who has the Lord can make it through and um, yeah. things it's like
1: not- yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. It's non-denominational. There's like so many different people, different backgrounds. And you walk in, it's straight love. And have
0: beautiful. you seen the movie like the Switchblade? You uh, know, what's
1: funny. I have not seen it no. yet. I actually have the book. I'm going to read the book and I'm going to watch the movie as well. That's on my list. Like I have the book on my table.
0: Yeah, <laughs> very good movie. Um, I watched it a couple years ago. Definitely uh, very inspiring. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, yeah, School yeah. of Hard Knocks in New York. Of course, God can move anywhere in New York City. A lot of things yeah. going on over there. I know there's been a couple of, uh, you know, of course there's um, the whole riots, but I know there's been a lot of uh, prayer going on in the city of New York yeah. that needs it a lot, and we yeah. pray for the best. New York is the greatest city in the world, and we hope for the best for it, and uh, yeah. be revival coming soon. Well, anyways, Anna, I really appreciate you coming to the on to the insta Bible Cast.
1: I am. It's been an honor and a and pleasure to be with you guys. God bless you. May the peace of Christ be upon you. Have a wonderful, wonderful
0: day. Amen. Amen, guys. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time.